back to the WCIA 3-in-1 pod. Back late night edition. It is 12.50 in the morning on Sunday, September 3rd. What are we doing here? Andy Olson, Bryce Beamett, Brett Behrens, the first one back. And here we are. Illinois squeaks out a 30-28 come-from-behind win over Toledo in the season opener thanks to a Caleb Griffin 29-yard field goal. It's not our choice to be here this late. Correct. It is not. It is Wyoming and Texas Tech's fault. Yes. For having a weather delay that then pushed back the 10 p.m. news, which meant you guys had to stay at the field until past midnight. Live hit was at 12... 14, 14? about? Yeah. Right? yeah, around there. We made it. Got some good content today. Lot to break down for Illinois. Some good. I would say as much, oh. if not more bad. There's <laughs> <I was laughs> a lot bad, for sure. Uh Bryce was at the game. I was at the game. I was field level. Bryce was shooting up top. Andy was in the press box. We were three deep at the season opener for Illinois. No other way to do it. Uh, Bryce, we'll start with you. Biggest takeaway, other than Illinois wins, is what? You know, I think the biggest thing that sticks out to me was the end of the game, obviously. Um, Luke Altmyer's confidence. And Brett Bielma said it in the post-game press conference. He said that he winked at him and was like, ah, I got it. And was just real relaxed and composed and obviously made that long throw to Casey Washington. But I think that's a big takeaway is everyone was kind of curious what he was going to do. You know, he hasn't been in a starting role. And then to be put in a pressure situation and he was calm, cool, and collected. And he performed and was able to set them up for Caleb Griffin's field goal. So I think that's a big takeaway for me, positive-wise. I think, obviously, you know, that first half, I think there's a lot of negative takeaways from there. Um, but... Yes. A lot of things that they need to fix defensively and offensively that we saw in the first half. But they did switch it around. It was kind of a yeah. little bit more fired up team coming out in the second half. Are we only doing positive takeaways now? No, oh, I, oh, I okay. was just my being positive. Is, Yours was positive. My takeaway is it's negative. I do it, think it Alt, is, yeah. Luke Altmyer is, is the biggest story of the game because yeah. Illinois mm-hmm. has a competent quarterback. And now, this is now two straight years that they have a competent quarterback yeah. and that has not happened in all Which is time. funny because they're not really – comparable Tommy DeVito versus yeah. Luke Altmaier, which is something we, I mean, I'm sure we will dive into, but it just feels like if you think about a, a quarterback's arm as like a set of golf clubs, he's got a lot more clubs in the yeah. bag. He can make a lot of more different throws. Whereas Tommy, it was more just like, he's got like the, the seven iron that he can yep. kind of yeah. like just get it there and it's going to get there. But I mean, feel like a couple of throws today luke brought out the driver especially the the key fourth and four to go in in the fourth quarter last play that illinois seemingly had that completion 33 yards to casey washington you haven't seen it there's highlights all over the place on twitter but first of all josh geske got roasted uh on that on that spin move yeah i don't know the defensive end's name because Chrysler, Zai Chrysler had to come out of the yeah. game for cramps at that point, so uh, they moved Geski over to right tackle, and I believe this was either his first or second snap at right tackle, and Geski just got spun on, which is fine. You know, it's his first start today, and he was playing mostly right guard. Uh, that's just how the defender got in Luke's face almost okay. immediately off the snap. Uh, but credit to Luke for sticking in there, and that was one of the driver throws where he just threw it up to Casey Washington, who had to battle to even get the ball, same way Luke did to even get the right. ball out of his hand, uh, comes down with it. And I feel like that's not a play. You see Illinois make 
even last year. Yeah, it's just different. Tommy set the completion percentage record at Illinois, yeah. 69% for the season, uh, which also says something about <laughs> Illinois quarterbacks. But it was a lot of shorter passes yeah. and mm-hmm. the vertical passing game. And I thought this, Bryce, to your point, coming out of halftime, they threw the ball. Yeah, a lot more. because they did not throw the ball in the first half at all. Not nearly as like. much. And there was a more concerted effort, I felt, coming out of halftime to throw the ball, at least early on in those first couple of drives. And then they get the Pat Bryant, two touchdown passes there yeah. in the second half, and this game flips. But overall, I think if we're looking at Luke Altmaier, 18 for 26, 211, two touchdowns and interception, and leading the team in rushing yards with 69, that also stood out to me in a positive. And he did get dinged up a little bit. You could tell he was, he was struggling there in the second mm-hmm. half. Because uh, he, he was getting some pressure. Uh, but, Andy, just with all of that, your biggest takeaway is? The trenches are not what we, I think, anticipated ding, them ding, ding. Yes. to be. That's the first thing that I was looking for. Because uh, I, I feel like I watch football games differently on when I'm watching on TV versus when I'm watching in person. You know, TV, I'm kind of lazily just watching the ball. But when I'm in person, I try and watch the lines to see – just who's winning that battle up front in Illinois on both sides of the ball was not winning it. At least in the first half, I was more scarcely watching in the second half. So I was getting more done back in the studio, but in that first half offensive line, it felt like was not able to get that push that they needed to on run blocking plays and just the protection that Luke needed for, for passing downs and, you know, Luke was Luke, and he was able to find some room, which we've discovered he now has that ability to, to do, which is nice yeah, to have. Very big. And on the other side of the ball, Finn, great quarterback, by the way, had all the time in the world because the guys on that defensive line weren't able to get any penetration in the pocket whatsoever. And I think some of that was that Illinois was dropping eight a little bit more often, at least they were in the first half, as they were – trying to get a man to spy on Daquan Finn just because he has that ability to run. But whether it was three, whether it was four, sometimes they blitzed and it was five or more. They just weren't able to get in the pocket fast enough. And and Illinois was lucky that Daquan Finn was not as accurate as I think Toledo would have liked in this one. Because if he made a couple of more throws, it definitely could have been different in this one. Yeah, and it could have been a bigger deficit for Illinois in the first half. Yeah give the defense credit in a sense for keeping them to two field goals in that first half when they probably should have scored touchdowns. Mm -hmm. It was 12-7 at half, right? And I felt like it could have been 24-7 because Illinois' offense drives right down the field, makes it look really, really easy in that first drive. It's scripted drive, baby. It was not easy after that. And for the positive, Bryce, of my big takeaway being Luke Altmaier and Illinois has a great quarterback, the negative is just how poor the lines were. And we talked on the pregame show. That's the thing that I thought Illinois would impose its will mm-hmm. on was both offensive and defensive lines. And to be honest, I didn't see Johnny Newton or Keith Randolph out there a lot. And Brett Bielema said after the game that that was by design. They're trying to save him a little bit. But is it worth saving them if you can't win the game? I mean, they're not up multiple touchdowns here. I thought it was just very conflicting a little bit in that, and, and I understand it was hot today. There was cramping and everything else. They're trying to rotate guys in, and it's not a discredit to said McConnell or, or Bryce Barnes because I thought yeah. they played okay, but they're not Johnny Newton and Keith Randolph. And so there's and there's no push with any of those guys. Like yeah. they, they really struggled with that. So uh, the, the lackluster line play 
and the penalties for me. Those are the three things. Luke Altmaier, no line play or very poor line play, and nine penalties for 90 yards in the first half, and two costly ones. The one on Tariq Barnes on third down that kept the drive alive resulted in a field goal, and then in the second half, Gabe Ackes roughing Daquan Finn, that yeah. led to a touchdown. Like Those are things that cost Illinois an opportunity to win this game a whole lot more comfortably and not rely on a field goal late. I mean, maybe it's early season. I don't know. But those, the combination of those two negative things really, I think, left a sour taste in a lot of fans' mouth. Like, when you're leaving this going, okay, Illini fans, you should be happy you won, but how confident are you after this about about where the team is at? I, I, I don't know. One thing that stood out to me, and I think was more on a positive, I want to get your guys' thoughts as well, is just how the secondary played. And there were a couple of pass interference calls, but overall, Miles Scott, I know Xavier Scott was out for a couple of plays as well, and uh, Elijah McCantos had to come in, the redshirt freshman. Um, you know, Taz, I think, had a DPI called on him, but overall wasn't getting beat, I don't think, very much. And for a, a group that lost as much as they did, I feel like the guys that stepped into those roles certainly did a good enough job in a game like today where um, – Illinois was able to win. Maybe you want to see more downfield tackling, but as far as coverage-wise, new guys, it seemed like they did okay. Yeah, I thought, they, I thought they did okay. Yeah, for, you know, a whole new group basically coming in here for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, there were, like, one or two. I thought that maybe if it was, you know, Devin, I I, I can't quite think of it. There's one where I was like, ooh, I think he would have intercepted. I think it was Xavier Scott, and I was like, ooh, maybe if that was – one of the older guys, yeah. maybe they would have caught that. And I remember he, like, punched the ground afterwards, too. Yeah. And I was like – but I think that's something that, like, they might start doing. I think it's – you get those nerves out. None of them have really started. I know Xavier Scott did for the bowl game. But, mm-hmm. like, none of them have really started besides Taz. So, for them to come in, and you know, you get those nerves. But I thought overall, like, mm-hmm. you're not going to fall – I thought they did a pretty good job. They, they were gnats. They were in your face. I know there are a couple penalties against – or a couple flags against them, but – you know, I thought they, I thought they did a decent job. I mean, they were up on their grill most of the time. I mean, how many? I, th- I think there were a lot of uh, throws that weren't completed by DeQuan at the same time for some longer throws. Seven. That was because they had a hand in their face. Yeah, Finn goes twenty for thirty-six, two hundred thirty yards, two touchdowns, an interception. Uh, outplays Luke by yardage, but I thought it was very similar for what they were. Mm-hmm. Luke averaged eight point one yards per throw. Uh, Daquan was 6.4, but Daquan's a good quarterback. And he is. we're going to yeah, see good. that going forward here, too, with more dual-thread quarterbacks. The other notable in that secondary, Tyler Strain out of the game with a concussion. Yeah. And so we didn't see him. He was a starter. He flashed early with some big hits and, and some big plays. And so that's where you saw in Elijah McCantos. That's where mm-hmm. you saw that depth a little bit coming out there. But uh, I, I did not see much. Uh, from Demetrius Hill or Nicario Harper, two That's guys true, that the we safeties. talked about coming mm-hmm. in and making an impact as as the transfers. We really didn't see much from them today, and that's because Miles Scott was was oh. really good. His pick, game-changing. The game flipped at that point when he had that pick six. If they don't have that, I'm not sure that they win this game. And it was such a good play, too. It's not just like you know the, the ball fell into his hands. He kind of baited Finn to make that yeah. throw, and he was able to be that that center fielder to come over and make that grab. I think, I don't know who it was who had that great block uh, on one of the Toledo players, not really in his way, but kind of in the path. Cause 
really no one was in his way. He was just off to the races, no one catching up. But there was one good block I remember from a defender. Yeah. Can't think of who it was right now. But like you said, game-changing play. And I think we see where he's coming from a walk-on, getting a scholarship last spring to – I think Bielema said in his press conference that's when he finally got the uh, the I don't want to say courage, but he finally felt comfortable telling him, "Hey, you're on scholarship now." I think he might be better on defense. Right. He didn't he didn't want to tell him that when he was just a walk on. Uh, clearly, the the right move for Miles Scott, I have to say. Yeah, I mean, pretty cool story and and crazy to think about how far he's come in this short amount of time yeah. to get to where he is now, and and he's got really high praise. Brad Bielema after the game said. He's going to be a very special player here for a long time, and I, I think that's pretty cool to put that in perspective of what Miles Scott was uh, just last year, trying to get mm-hmm. on the field, now a scholarship player, and, and making a huge impact in the game. Uh, other things I thought stood out to me, wide receiver play, definitely improved. Mm-hmm. feel better about that, and it was a concern coming in, certainly depth-wise, but you've got three guys that I think they feel really good about. And they and all Casey have... Casey Washington, Pat Bryan, and Isaiah Williams, and Isaiah went out. Uh, in the game, looked like he was okay afterwards, but uh, Brett said it was a little bit of a knee issue. So yeah. those three guys, I think they feel really good about, and, and, and that's experience in a position where they need it. They have experience in different skill sets, sure. and, and, yeah. what I, and what I felt really showed out today was that Luke also at this point already knows how to get the ball to each of them in the right scenario. You know, you're going to, to pat on those slants, you're running the – the quick out routes to Isaiah to get him into space. Of course, the one we already talked about to Casey, that was just throw it up to him. But it's like that's the kind of relationship that I think is really positive to see, at least on the receiver front, already in game one with the brand-new QB. Yeah, I think it's positives in that sense. Now, how do they build upon this? Sure. That's the biggest thing because the best improvement is always from week one to week two, or normally, always. So, and they're getting a very tough Kansas team on short rest here just six days away. They're leaving in five days for for Lawrence. So, how optimistic are you, Bryce, for what your expectation was of this team, for what they showed tonight? We finally got to see something. We're tired of talking about football. We actually got to see football, and now we can react. So, what do you think of what this team showed tonight and going forward based upon what you thought they were coming into the season? I think with all the hype that came around them going into the season, it was a bit of a letdown to kind of see. Um, Obviously, they pull away with the win, but they also should win this game. Um, So I think it was a little bit of a letdown just kind of defensively. And offensively, I would say they changed it around a little bit in the second half. But, like, the beginning of the game, like, well, that first drive was good. But then, you know, after that, they didn't really do anything. So I would say it was kind of just not really doing much. I didn't think that they played all that great. But then – you know, I think that there's still potential. I think they're still trying to find their grounds. There's a lot of new faces. I, don't, I think at every team, it takes a little bit to kind of figure out those little quirks. I mean, you have a ton of new guys, offense and defense. I guess not really in the receiver room as much, but we just talked about those three guys. But, you know, you have a lot of new guys that are coming in, and it does take a little bit of time just to get guys getting used to each other, getting comfortable. Pat Bryan was talking about how, you know, he does have good chemistry with Luke, but, uh, you know, it's it's kind of – got to kind of feel the – feel it out and we know what Johnny and Keith can do so you know for them to be kind of non-existent today um which might be a little bit of a harsh word but you know we know what they can do I think they're going to show up against Kansas so I think that there's still a lot of potential with this Illinois team that's a good thing to bring up which is uh, just about questions that we still have after watching 60 minutes of football 
Uh, one of them for me is how involved are the tight ends going to be on the offense? The first, 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 first play. play. I almost I tweeted it. I was like, oh, tight ends are going to get involved this year. And Tip then, Ryman with catch yeah. number one in the season, first play. Uh, but you just see tight ends getting used a lot around college football right now. I think the most famous example is Georgia with their dual tight end set. Not that I think Illinois needs to go to that, but what does Barry Lunny think about that? I also want to know what the offense is going to do about scripted plays and that you can really see the stark difference in the first half between what was scripted to begin the game on that first drive where Luke Altmaier goes five for five uh, versus what happened in the rest of the half where they're off script now the I don't think it was all plate calling or all execution but like how do you figure that out once you're not just going off of what's in the book anymore and what the running back rotation is going to be. Because we just saw two guys today in Josh McCray and Reggie Love mostly. Um, are they going to work Caden Fagan and Aiden Lawfrey into the mix a little bit? Maybe you don't have to as much when you have a guy who's moving as much as Luke Altmaier is. But to me, at least, those are just some things that I feel like we still need to see. And maybe we'll get a better sense of after Kansas or the week after as we kind of get more into the season. Yeah, it doesn't get any easier. Kansas first road trip of the season then you come home and face Penn State yeah who um, looked really good today both Kansas and Penn State win in week one so it's going to be uh, a tough sled in here for a couple weeks before it eases up their FAU and then Purdue and uh, who did not look good today former Illini defensive coordinator Ryan Walters loses his debut as head coach so Illinois goes to Kansas next Friday 630 start there in Lawrence against a team that's coming off one of its best seasons in program history uh, they did lose some players out of that squad, but they do have several guys back there. And we'll see what kind of growth Illinois can get next week and see if they can build upon the mistakes that they made because there were quite a few of them uh, tonight. Any final thoughts, Bryce? No, you know, I'm ready ready to go to bed. That's my final <laughs> thought here. It is, uh, what, 1, 1 a.m. now? 108. A little late night. Andy, <laughs> final thoughts? Final thoughts are... So happy that's football season. There we go. I know. Football's back. Three and one pod is back. We are going to do this after every game, just like we've done for several years now. I've lost track of how many years we've been doing this. Hundred and however many episodes in. Always fun to break it down, give you our perspective of what we see in the arena, on the field, everywhere in between, because it is a little bit different. A lot of people uh, in the press sit in the press box. We get to be on the field. It's pretty cool. Uh, some different things that we get to see and experience down there. So we're always doing our best to bring that to you. Thanks so much for listening to the 3-in-1 pod. For Andy and Bryce, I'm Brett. We'll do it again next week after Illinois and Kansas. The Illini improved to 1-0 on the season, 30-28 to win 